You don't know what death is. I shot him in the heart. He's not human. Universal Pictures presents Halloween 2. More of the night he came home. Who is it? There was nothing within him, neither conscience nor reason, that wasn't even remotely human. Is this some kind of a joke? I've been trigger treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. A weird, a weird cover of the theme, which I think Jack Carpenter did himself, which makes it even weirder. Um, yeah, John Carpenter returned. Not as director, but as a co-writer, producer. Him and Deborah Hill. And Deborah Hill, yes, the great Deborah Hill. The unsung hero of the Halloween franchise. And uh, there's a, there was a really cool shirt that one of the Blumhouse producers, Ryan Turek, shared on Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. produced by Deborah Hill, because everyone has those directed by shirts now. So I thought that, that was nice. That, I, I would buy that shirt. Jason Blum is so fucking good at selling movies. <laughs> Like he's such a like I like it's I can tell like they're all business moves, but he's so good at it. <laughs> I kind I have to respect it in a way. Well, I I happen to like most of them. I I know you do not share the that sympathy. I don't know what has he done. Uh, all the Conjuring movies. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, all the Purge movies, which which are harmless, I think. I wouldn't go that far, but oh, okay. I, it says a lot that a lot of, uh, let's just say, uh, Trump supporters I know um, who have stopped talking to me because I've been very aggressive with them. Well, good. Yeah, I'm not that broken up about it. <laughs> um, but uh, they're like, man, if the purge is real, like they're one of they're those type of people. Oh, okay. Well, there's also a big crossover with Walking Dead fans. Um, so. Yeah. I, I could probably find out why that is if I like thought about it for more than two minutes, but I don't really want to think about either franchise. <laughs> um, well, he also produced Get Out, though, which is like his crown jewel at the moment. Yeah, I, Jordan Peterson. I, I mean, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> Jordan Peele. I believe got no uh, royalties for it, but hey. Oh, that, um, that sucks now. Hey, I think he had to have gotten at least something, but he should. I mean, his movie made a hundred over a hundred million. He should get over two hundred million. Like, if I was Jason Blum, even if I didn't promise him royalties, I would just give it to him at that point. Yeah, because, like... <laughs> this, did, this did better than expected. Did better than expected. Clearly is, uh... Got Jordan Peele a lot of goodwill for the upcoming... Uh, his his film directing career. Mm. And, uh, like, he could, like... Every movie he could make after that could be terrible. But everyone would always be like, yeah, but get out. And they'll kind of, like... They'll, Here's they'll, a question. Did M. Night, did M. Night Shyamalan win for The Sixth Sense? I don't remember. I think he, he was nominated. He was definitely nominated, but I don't remember if he won. Uh, no, no, then he didn't. Because, uh, you know, that's that's the other side of this. <laughs> First movie out of the gate is like the best thing ever, and then you're never that good again. Unbreakable, I, I would argue, is at least in the same ballpark. I like Unbreakable more than Sixth Sense. Um, but I do understand that there are flaws to it. And... Uh, also, all his other films are like, what the fuck? I even when they're no. made with very good skill. Um, Look, when you get Roger Deakins to shoot your fucking 
village movie. You got something going on. Hey, maybe Roger Deakins could have shot that in a way where it didn't, where you didn't immediately go, is this modern day? Which I did when I was in fourth grade. I never, it never clicked for me. It, it fucking clicked immediately for me. Well, because at that point, I mean, all right, this is totally, this is just showing you how little there is to talk about Halloween too. But <laughs> fucking, I saw that movie, so like going into it, we already knew there was going to be a twist because that was like when Shyamalan was being known for the twists. And I was a big fan of both the Twilight Zone and the Goosebumps books. <laughs> all have a big twist at the end and the, the one i immediately thought of was that it's modern day because i'm like that's why they don't want to go it's either modern day or an alien planet <laughs> and it was modern day and once you know that twist the movie doesn't make sense at all and i'm not talking about like plot holes i'm just talking about like the setup doesn't make any sense so you wouldn't you wouldn't want him to have done a halloween reboot no fuck it i'd love to see it it'd be a mess <laughs> But no more so than most of the films in this franchise. Yeah. It would probably be more interesting than Halloween 2. I got a lot of Jaws 2 vibes from this in that it's not awful. I, I wouldn't say it's awful, but it's not very good. It's, it's just... a solid slasher film. Yeah, if for a slasher movie, for a straight-up slasher, I'd say it's it's more entertaining than Jaws 2. Uh, Dean Cundey uh, returned no, to I'd shoot rather it. Watch... I'd rather watch Jaws 2. Yeah? Oh, Jaws 2 has Roy Scheider in it. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense, because like, that guy's like one Donald of the greatest Pleasance, actors ever. Donald Pleasance is in this movie, but he's only like, but he's barely in it. And Jamie Lee Curtis is in bed the whole fucking movie. Yeah, that's what yeah. really hit me uh, rewatching it. Rewatching the first Halloween hit me how good that movie is. Like, truly, mm -hmm. spectacularly, masterfully made. Halloween 2 was just like, oh, these the people that are the face of the franchise are are not really in this movie too often, including Michael Myers. This is the classic sequel example of when they don't really know what they have yet. Oh, totally. Uh, and the problem is, I don't think the Halloween franchise ever really finds what it ha what it is, um, which is, in a way makes the series more interesting, but also in a way it makes. There's no consistency between each film. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a gift and a curse because then some you can get something really weird and kind of interesting in a couple of these movies. But yeah, overall, this, this franchise is one of those that shouldn't really be a franchise. Like, I'll be I'll be honest. Halloween six feels as different from Halloween five as Halloween three feels as different from Halloween two. But Michael Myers is in it, so everyone's okay with it. Yeah, I just, it's... Fucking it, idiots. It leads, it leads to a really interesting franchise. It's just, some of them aren't going to be super great. Much like uh, Halloween, too. And this, uh, well, this one, you know, this among the fans, this one's a favorite. Um, I've always never, I've never felt that way about Halloween, <laughs> too. Uh, it's not one of my favorites of the franchise, but it is, it is one among the fans. And I honestly, I'm not not trying to dig at people who like it, but I think it's entirely because for most people, the way they're introduced to Halloween is when it's on TV and there's a back-to-back -back of Halloween and Halloween 2. And since Halloween leads directly into Halloween 2, it can feel like one movie if you watch it all at once. So I think people blend the two experiences together. I could totally understand that. Because you know what? I will say... The opening, like, five minutes, maybe, it had me. I was like, 
oh, this is, am I going to like this a lot more? Is this going to be like some, some secret gem that I just like never, that never clicks for me? Uh, but then after the, the, the title sequence, I was out again. I was like, okay, oh, so this no. is even before the, t- the, so before the title. No, no, no. Once the title sequence like ended, uh, and then the movie kept going, I was like, oh, you can't sustain what you had there. Because I think that was kind of an exciting thing. You know, like, uh, the ending of the first Halloween is just so tense. It, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's like this vice that just keeps getting tighter and tighter. Well, I think it's, I think it's funny that you're like before the credits, cause literally I think there's maybe, 30 seconds of new footage before the opening credits. So you're literally like, yeah, the ending of Halloween is really good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so Dr. Loomis gets that kind of cool line about, uh, like, you don't know what death is. And then this well, weird he totally remix. overreacts to a guy. <laughs> oh, he totally who does. Goes, that was kind of fun. Yeah, but it's like, hey, man, I've been trick or treated to death tonight. And then Loomis's response is, "You don't know what death is." Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. With a gun <laughs> in, into the darkness, without even telling the guy, like, he's like, "Tell the sheriff, he's loose." And like, he doesn't give the guy enough information to be like, like, like he's like, "How would you? I don't have the sheriff's number. I could just call one. Like, what the fuck, man?" Yeah, like that. That's great. That was that was uh, a really exciting way to get audiences kind of like back into this thing. And then yeah. uh, by the the time they get to the the Michael Myers cam. Like, they tried to, like, do a remix of the first opening to Halloween. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, this is not, this is this, not for me at this all. Whole, the whole opening is really, like, insulting almost. <laughs> because remember I talked about, I, I think I did, maybe it's all in my head. Um, <laughs> but uh, we talked about how the PO, like, like, the significance of the POV shot, where we are made to be the killer in the opening. And then we slowly reveal that the killer is a little boy. You know, like we like we don't know what's going on, and we slowly realize what's going on, and then we're made part of the violence that is happening. And then we realize that the violence is like the product of this innocent child. Like there's a lot of thematic stuff. There's a reason for that POV shot. It's not just a oh, it's it, the killer. We don't want to reveal who the killer is yet. Here it's literally just oh, they, remember how we did that cool POV? <laughs> and the first one here it is again with a ton of edits, so it's not really that impressive. But yeah. um, oh, and uh, apparently, I don't want to—I don't mean to cut you off, uh, but apparently there is a cut in the original opening to Halloween. Oh, there's like two cut it. There's two cuts. I I, I don't see them though, so I got, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to go back and watch it again. And when like, I say look cuts, for them just for fun. When I say cuts, I do not mean like you know, a, a hidden edit. I mean, like, we change the camera angle. We change the shot, literally, in this. Like, we do it, like, three times, and then we go back to the POV. And it's just, it's more like, ah, all right. Ah, POV, that's the thing, I guess. <laughs> um, and I don't think any of the later films do a POV shot. Um, other than one more, but that's, there's actually significance to that POV shot. Um, so... We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Can I ask you a question? Sure. What is the significance of the skull inside the pumpkin in the opening credits? I I couldn't tell you. I don't think anything like, in this movie has like actual significance. I think they were trying to do something. Um, what that was, I do not know. Uh. And it wasn't that interesting for me to really dig deep into it for a podcast that 
eight people listen to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, let alone for Halloween too. Yeah, it's just um, like I was like, is it trying to say something about like the underbelly of this? Like, because we learn a lot more about the characters in this one. Like, maybe they're trying to say there's something beneath the mask of Michael Myers, and I just like I don't know, whatever. <laughs> And according to legend, John Carpenter wrote the first draft of this in one night night with a six pack of beer. That's what I was going to ask you about. <laughs> okay, that's all I've heard about the script for this movie. Well, that's the that's the legend, but I think all that's really known is that uh Erwin Yublans was the producer of uh the first Halloween and he got money from his uh buddy uh, Mustafa Kad. Uh, Mustafa Kad liked the finished project of Halloween so much that he asked for his name to be put at the front, so it's a Mustafa Kad production, and that would eventually lead to the rights falling in the Mustafa Kad's hands, um, which uh, Irwin would regret later. Um, we should mention Mustafa Kad. His first film was a was a epic about the Prophet Muhammad. <laughs> It's like it's like like multi million dollar epic film like Lawrence of Arabia, and then he did Halloween. <laughs> um, so he's an interesting guy. He was eventually killed by a suicide bomber in two thousand five. Oh, yeah. His son now controls the franchise. Oh, uh, it's right. yeah. There's some interesting stuff. I told you I'd be able to bring up the War on Terror in yep. every episode. <laughs> um, so. Irwin, uh, he wanted to make a second one, and John Carpenter didn't really want to do it. And John Carpenter's like, hey, I want to make this movie called The Fog. And everyone's like, great, let's do it. And then John Carpenter made a deal with someone else to do The Fog. And everyone was like, the fuck? Yeah, we were going to make that movie. So then he's like, I'm going to sue you because I believe I actually have the rights to your movie The Fog. And John Carpenter's like, well, how? we don't want to deal with a lawsuit. How do we get out? He's like, you do Halloween too, and then I'll let you go make The Fog. Oh. So that's that's what got him. That's what got John Carpenter and Deborah Hill off the hook, was that they do Halloween too. And you get the sense that John Carpenter wrote John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, who both wrote it. They wrote a script that was trying to sabotage the franchise potential of the Halloween films, because spoilers: Michael Myers and Loomis both die in a fiery explosion at the end of this, without question. There's no, like, ambiguity to it. They die. And uh, we, we are introduced to this plot element that Michael Myers and Laurie Strode, like, they're, they're siblings, and that's why he's after her. Which means now the franchise is tied to Jamie Lee Curtis, who will never return <laughs> until 20 years later. Yeah. You get the sense they were putting up a lot. They were trying to, like, be like, all right, we'll do it, but this is the end. Well, let, let's explain specifically why because that that does tie it to jamie lee curtis but that narrows michael myers killing field significantly it gives him a sole purpose and jamie lee curtis will not come back for 20 years there was no universe at this point in time when halloween 2 was made that anyone saw her coming back to this character or story when it was made so michael myers will have no motivation uh and before he, uh, michael myers is blown up by Loomis, he shot in the eyes twice. Like, it could just feel John Carpenter typing this out and being like, you fucking, I'll give you Halloween too, motherfuckers. 
Like your sequel? He's, Here's your fucking sequel. At the very least, he's blind now. <laughs> so uh, I will say that's kind of an interesting visual, like with the bleeding eyes before he blows up. Um, that's like one thing I liked. I was like, that's, that looks kind of neat for like a second, and then I, it moves on, so I don't care. I liked him swinging the knife around. Yeah, uh, but I do not like that. Again, in the opening, when Michael Myers kills his first victim, we get a close-up of Michael's face and a splatter of blood, um, which is uh, when the violence starts to pick up in this franchise. And we, we can very clearly see Michael Myers' eyes in the mask. I thought that was a bad choice. And yeah. I'm like, you know, you shouldn't see his eyes that easily. And, that, and as often as you do in this film. Mostly because I, I don't think there's a purpose for it it just looks kind of like another slasher victim now like well again i don't think they know they don't know that michael myers is going to be this character really like they understand they got to make a movie about him but they don't realize like what made him work in the first one it's like in in nightmare on elm street 2 freddy like follows all sorts of rules in that one that he'll never follow again (laughs) and it's because they they didn't know what freddy krueger was yet and what his motives were and this, you kind of get a similar thing here with Michael Myers. And also to talk about, to bring back the whole uh, um, Laurie being Michael Myers' sister thing, uh, a, you can almost get the vibe of like the one draft nature of this script. Because really, the reason why they make her the sister is because they have to somehow work Jamie Lee Curtis back into the story, like after she goes to the hospital. Now, you could easily just go, well, he's still infatuated with her, so he still wants to kill her. So you don't need the sister thing. But you do need a reason for Dr. Loomis to go to the hospital to have the climax. And you don't have that if unless you go like, hey, this is why... You have to have a reason why he doesn't go there for the majority of the film. And then you have to have a reason why he suddenly decides to go there. And the reason he suddenly decides to go is because he... Because the nurse goes like, hey, there was a secret file. They're actually related. He's like, he killed one sister before, and now he's going to kill another. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so, I, I kind of loved just how unhinged Loomis is. Like, It's hinted at in the first one a little bit, but this one is just all out. He's like, they fire a warning shot, right? And then, boom, blows out the cop's window. Well, yeah, he takes a cop <laughs> hostage. Yeah. In the third act of the film. Like, uh, that, that was great. I, I love yeah. that. No, he slowly. This is the one because he tried because he did shoot him six times as he repeats mm-hmm. throughout the film, and uh, that when that didn't kill him, I, that kind of broke him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's like, I shot him six times. He's not a man. Yeah. Like that's what the whole movie should have been. Just like him bumping into people across town. Like it kind of is, but it never goes full on crazy. Or like bump into like little kids coming home from Halloween and stuff like that. And he's like, he's here! He's here! He's and just like, like, fucking traumatizing them. Well, he does get an innocent man killed. Oh, yeah. Um, whereas another man wearing a Michael Myers mask, which is actually a recurring thing in this film, in this franchise, is that there were fake Michael Myers <laughs> uh, walking around. Because in this universe, the Michael Myers mask is just a Halloween mask that he stole from a store, you know? Yeah. So it's not... So uh, they see another guy walking around with it, and Loomis is like, there he is! And the cops try and chase him, and this guy ends up getting hit by another cop car and then exploding. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Did I miss something when I watched this? Because how did that happen? (laughs) 
you're I, I think the truck you hit was supposed to be full of something flammable but hey he has to burn so they don't so they can't identify the body immediately which that's that's amazing i wish every movie was that overly complex about such a simple idea well just think about like how subtle the first film is and then we're like 15 <laughs> minutes in this one the guy gets slammed by a cop car and blows up like we're already in a different world <laughs> Uh, the the pacing for like those first fifteen minutes, even though I was kind of out of the movie by that point already, mm-hmm. like I kind of had to find my own terms to enjoy it, uh, which isn't a positive, by the way. Yeah. Uh, like I, uh, the pacing was pretty good because it just kept chugging along. So I was like, all right, just keep it's this fucking up. ninety minutes. Yeah, but then by the sixty minutes, I was like, all right, just fucking come on, like it, it loses itself. It does lose its steam pretty uh, pretty quickly. Um, it, you, that's usually something that happens when all your victims are faceless people who don't matter. But uh, did you catch the name of the guy uh, who got hit by the cop car? Uh, not not when he's hit by the cop car, but later. That's their drunken friend, right? Yeah, no, it's Ben. It's Ben Tramer who they were trying to set Laurie up with a date on. <laughs> oh. Also, John Carpenter really, really. Yeah. Just wanted to like fucking burn this all down. So fucking poor Ben Tramer. <laughs> Even got set up with a date with a girl who is not interested, and they fucking got hit by a cop car. <laughs> That's a fucking shit Halloween. Um, One time I was sick on Halloween and I was really bored. And that is much preferable to this fucking night. I've got an interesting Halloween story. <laughs> um. When I was a kid, uh, we had just moved to this new neighborhood, and I went out trick-or-treating, and they're uh, walking up this uh, poorly constructed front walkway. I fell and hit my head pretty hard, and I, I, I was my nose was bleeding. And I basically, like, it was my third house in, and I had to, like, turn around. Ouch. And so it fucked up the whole night. I actually, I have no memory of this. Like, you'd think this would be, like, a traumatizing moment, but it wasn't. I do have pictures. <laughs> um, I was dressed up as a clown. So there's a Halloween connection right there. Um, But uh, my dad, uh, not not normally uh, a sane, doesn't tend to have sane responses (laughs) to moments. Uh, The the next day uh, went over and dismantled this person's walkway. (laughs) 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 Like brick by brick took it apart. And stacked it in their driveway. <laughs> um, so that was my dad's response to me tripping. <laughs> he blamed, he said he thought it was their fault. Um, so that's Halloween. Most of my Halloweens were spent with uh, me and my friend trick-or-treating and my dad and my friend's dad following us with a wagon with a cooler full of booze. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, that's that's the type of dad I want to be. Yeah, that's uh, he was he did a... I don't know if he did a good job, but he did an interesting job <laughs> as a parent. Uh, so, happy Halloween, everyone. Janet, go tell Mr. Garrett we're having trouble with the phones. There is no place to hide. He will always find you. What's this? It's a Celtic word. It means the Lord of the Dead.
good. John Carpenter's score is pretty good. Just a little weird. It's a little uh, weirder in this. I don't know what it is, but it's fine. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about uh, how much cooler the opening of this movie would be if we never saw Michael Myers in it and we didn't have that POV shot? Like, imagine well, if yeah, that, it would be cooler. If, if we start the movie, no, if we just start the movie with that old couple and you like her, like, cutting the, uh, maybe do a POV shot with her as, like, a gag, like, grabbing the knife and then you reveal she's just fucking chopping vegetables. <laughs> and you're like, oh, uh, and then she gets distracted with the news report being like, breaking news, there's a murderer on loose in Haddonfield. And she walks away and then she comes back and there's no knife and there's blood there. I think this movie would be really cool if you, like, barely saw Michael Myers. Like, you don't even see him do the killings. Like, people kind of just wander off and disappear. Kind of like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nalls in, uh, The Thing. Oh, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he just kind of wanders off. Um, I don't know. I thought, I think that would be a little spooky. Childs! What if we're wrong about him? <laughs> well, then we're wrong! <laughs> <laughs> Go watch The Thing, everyone. Go watch. The Thing is so fucking good. Yeah. That's the one movie I watch every Halloween, no matter what. I'll get home, like, at 11.30, I'll still watch it. It's good. That's it's my fucking, Halloween movie. It's fucking great, man. You know what? You know what's a great moment in the thing? All of it? <laughs> all of it. But a moment <laughs> I really love is when they're doing the blood test scene, and Childs, and they're all tied up, and McCready's like, let me show you what I already know. And he tests himself, and Childs like, crock of shit. <laughs> and then he goes, now let's test Clark. And he tells Clark, who, who McCready shot in the face, and nothing happens. And Childs goes, that makes you a murderer, don't it? Like, <laughs> Childs just undercut his own theory just to fucking rub it in. <laughs> it's McCready, like, for one second the blood test is bullshit, but now it works because it makes McCready look like an asshole. <laughs> I love it. Um, but no, I got, this is another reason why I got those, like, heavy Jaws 2 vibes. Because they show the shark too much in that, it loses its power, it's not scary. And the same thing happens with Michael Myers here. He kills a lot of people in kind of fucked up ways, but none of it's scary. When you do see him, there's no element to him that's scary. He's not, like, hidden by shadows. He's not... The the, the pacing of his movements is is just monster movie movements. It's not... There's nothing interesting with more of him. And even then, it still doesn't feel like there's enough of him. So they kind of had to swing one way or the other. And it's just kind of up in the air. Michael Myers is upstaged by a cat jump scare. <laughs> like, that, that cat jumping out and scaring the security guard is about as scary as any Michael Myers moment in this movie. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I, I forgot that that was in the movie, so, like, that was like, oh, that was you know, kind of exciting. Should, what shouldn't be forgotten, uh, the security guard is played by the actor who played Mayor McCrinkle in the movie Mouse Hunt, which is a great film. <laughs> I should rewatch Mouse Hunt. Because I haven't seen that since middle school. Oh my god, Mouse Hunt is so good. Yeah. Fucking Nathan Lane is so funny. Um, I met the guy who wrote Mouse Hunt. Oh yeah? Yeah. Um, is anyway. He cool? <laughs> is he nice? Yeah, Adam Rifkin, he was really cool. He said he sold it for like a million bucks, and I was like, that's how you do it. Oh hell yeah. Um, good for so, him. Yeah, good for Adam Rifkin. Check out the film director's cut. You can see me in it for about half a second if you... Look, and I'm there with you, pointing out myself in the background. Oh, really? You won't notice it, you because I'm so blurry, and it's like half a second. 
Yeah, like, you're right, though. Like, how we talked about how Jaws 2 shouldn't have shown the shark so early. They shouldn't have shown Michael Myers in this. And also, I think there's a... The setup here is where, like, the flaw... Like, it's inherently flawed in the setup. Which is, I think, you could have either... You could have set this movie on the same night as Halloween. But then you shouldn't have made it about Laurie Strode. Or you could have made it about Laurie Strode, but set it a couple years later. And I think they tried to make it both about Laurie Strode and set on the same night. And I think that's where the problem comes. Because now it becomes an extent... It, it very deliberately becomes an extension of the first movie and totally undercuts a lot of what the first movie was trying to do. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of the, the one night sort of setting for a movie like this. And uh, to take it back to another faulty franchise for our discussion on AVPR... Uh, we talked about how the hospital becoming like this nightmare scenario was like visually interesting, and that's more interesting than the hospital in this movie. And now, I don't I will, like AVPR. Yeah, I will say the hosp- hospital for a slasher movie is a great location. Oh, it's so fucking great that I don't think has ever been done well. No, um, because I mean, have you ever been in the hospital like overnight? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's fucking so horrifying. It's fucking you're you're it's all dark, all cuz the hall lights have to be dark so they can keep your room dark so you can sleep, but then they're coming in every fucking 30 minutes to check your vitals. And it's it's a nightmare and anyone could just come in. Like there's like there's a skeleton crew working all night and it's and if you like it, if you saw the uh, the killing of a sacred deer, yeah. Uh, which yeah. really like did a good job at showing like how fucked up hospital hallways are. <laughs> I mean, it hospitals which seems like a perfect location. And instead there's like a hot tub murder in the fucking hospital. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, the the point where it's just like, oh, just a full on shot of women's breasts. Like we're, so we're just in impressed. in sleazy trashy slasher territory by that point, which yeah. is not the point of the first Halloween. Yeah, well, can you think about it cuz like I remember when I was a kid, like, my dad was one of those parents who were like, you can watch the most violent, depraved shit imaginable, <laughs> but the moment there's any nudity, we have to stop. <laughs> my dad was one of those parents. So, uh, but, like, when I rewatch it now, it's like the nudity in the first Halloween is so tame. Like, there's a sex scene in it, but it's shot at a distance, and it's like the covers obscure everything, and it's more about the fact that Michael Myers is creepily watching it. And then when there is nudity in it, it's, like, so matter-of-fact, it's, like, it might as well be, like, her arm instead of her breasts that we're seeing, you know? Yeah. I'm talking about PJ Souls. And then, like, you know, M- Michael's sister in the beginning, if you're not, like, really looking for it, you won't notice anything. And here, it's, like, there's a glory shot of these breasts. Yeah. Like, it's, like, come on, it, man. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know what this guy went on to direct, but I get the feeling that he didn't do very much. He went on to direct uh, Halloween Resurrection. My point stands. Um, yeah, and he was uh, he was married um, to the uh, woman. I believe he was married to the woman who played the nurse in these films. Uh, you know, uh, the nurse, Doctor Loomis's nurse, uh, who will pop up one more time in this franchise, I believe. Uh, during the the Loomis trilogy, four, five, and six. No, oh, she is she in six? I, I don't know because I don't remember those movies. Um, no, she. I do not. I'm talking about another one. Oh, okay. Shit, I don't uh, know. So we'll see. Um, 
I should also briefly mention that Dino De Laurentiis distributed this. I saw that in the opening just, credits, and I was like, just, oh, shit. Just so we can tie it into uh, <laughs> our other episodes. And also another throwback, fucking Lance Guest, the fucking last Starfighter, is in this. <laughs> and he's also in Jaws the Revenge. So... Fuck, what that's fuck? what it was. Because I remembered, I was like, Last Starfighter, what else was he in? We talked about it, and I just, my brain couldn't connect them, and I didn't look what? it up. Well, that's why Last Starfighter, I brought it up last time, because the guy who played Myers directs The Last Starfighter. So oh, It's all fucking connected. It's all connected. We're also, on MCU Dana, bullshit. Also, Dana Carvey is in this, with no lines, I think. Wait, he's really? Like, yeah, he's uh, this news person's assistant. Oh wow! If you watch, like, there's a scene where, like, I I think it's the scene where everyone's surrounding the house where all the bodies are in, and there's a reporter like she's like, I want to get a shot of the crowd, and and she's talking to a guy, and the guy's just like, Yep, all right, we can do that, and that's Dana Carvey. That right there is where I I think the movie almost veers into like an interesting territory, where mm-hmm. we're seeing the the town react to like. A killer on the loose. Yeah, they they riot at the Myers house. <laughs> yeah, like you could do something interesting based on a movie around like a town having to deal with this for the over the course of like a night. You know, everyone's trying well, to like just look out for their own, but the tensions are rising. Everyone's trying to blame someone. And again, if you did this like with where you cut down on Myers' actual presence in the film, or if you maybe cut back, because like this one does a weird thing where. In the first film, it seems to establish that the murders that took place at the Myers house were covered up and no one really knows what happened that night. That it's kind of like a dirty secret of the town, right? Yeah. That's why Lori isn't afraid of the house and that's why the kids all have like legends about the house because it's like a mystical thing. And it's kind of a message about like, hey, maybe fucking educate your kids yeah. about the horrors of the world. And in, in this one, it seems like the whole town knows who Michael Myers is, which is, which is kind of lame. Yeah. But uh, if you did it where no one knows and it's just quote unquote psycho killer, you could have done this movie like uh, The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, the Twilight Zone episode. Oh, it's a great fucking episode. Yeah. And like everyone starts to turn on each other. And like maybe we only see Myers at the end after like the town has already like fucked itself up. Um, That could have been interesting. Yeah. Um, could have been something. And then you could have the, the journalist, the, the reporter and her cameraman be like, the one of the like uh main characters in the movie like yeah. they're the ones that reveal like oh yeah this was covered up back then and that like escalates tension in the town even more and they're like wait no 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 that's not what we're trying to do yeah like like are they, they are we just trying to warn people they accidentally turn it into like an exploitative thing yeah or, yeah you could have done a commentary on the news i'm getting a little annoyed with like movies where like the reporter's always the villain um because it's Especially never like now well it's more because Here's the thing, like, Trump is wrong about, like, 99% of the things he talks about, <laughs> and he, but he's kind of right when he talks about how much the news sucks, <laughs> but that's not, be, but we as a society, we are a society, we as a society have turned it into reporters are bad, whereas what it should be is corporations don't care about reporting, they care about propagating shit. They care about, you know, getting agendas across, and they care about getting you to just keep watching. Because, like, the, the honestly, like, 
if the best way to read the news these days is with thanks to Twitter, even though Twitter is basically evil, <laughs> you can use it to follow individual reporters and then you can just follow their reporting. You know, you don't have to be stuck to like a CNN or an NBC or a Fox News. But instead, Trump has turned like fake news. So now it can just be like we can disregard all reporting because reality doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, We're all going to die. <laughs> well, that's where the Halloween franchise could have gone. Well, I, I eventually, I want, I could probably bring up Ronald Reagan now. <laughs> go, go for it, fucking. Well, I mean, there's something interesting. We, I talked about in the last episode about uh, the debate of Michael Myers, like whether or not he's the living embodiment of evil. Like John Carpenter believes Michael Myers is a force of nature and that force of nature is evil itself. And then I kind of bring up the counterpoint to it, which is that it's dangerous to believe in pure evil. Um, and it's it, there's, a, there's a double side to it, which is that if there is pure evil and evil is a force of nature, you can't destroy it because it's, it's an idea. It's a, it's a force. It's not something that can be controlled. But if it's not real and you imagine it, you're giving it this power that it doesn't really deserve. You are the one giving it the power. Um, and then we elect a guy in 1980 named Ronald Reagan who very much believes evil is real <laughs> and that it is personified by Russia and communism <laughs> and that it's totally okay to bring the world to the brink of nuclear annihilation <laughs> uh, because we're the good guys and good and righteousness and God is on our side so he won't let us get into a nuclear war because God understands that the atheistic Russians are evil um so, you know, there's uh, Loomis kind of starts turning into like a proxy Reagan figure, <laughs> among other things. Um, he turns into Ahab, but I want to save that for Halloween 4. Uh, so, you know, there's my Reagan. Like, there's uh, bringing up some Reagan shit <laughs> for this episode. I'm still on, on board with this the whole franchise about Loomis running up to fucking horrified children, like covered in blood. Oh, yeah. And just warning them about this mysterious boogeyman. He's on the loose. Get inside. <laughs> Ryan. Also, all right. Here's something. I was, like, thinking while I was watching the first one. Um, Lo Loomis goes, hey, Michael Myers is back. And the sheriff's like, oh, we should warn the town. And Loomis's like, no, then they'll see him on every street corner. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> fucking cancel Halloween one year. Like, and then no one dies. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, like, we can handle it. Like, just fucking, eh. I mean, what they should do is be like, hey, there's a criminal on the loose. If you see anything suspicious, call the police. Don't let Loomis go on the air. <laughs> be like, I met this child 16 years ago. Right? Like, don't let him give his speech on the, like, then everyone's going to panic. <laughs> no, see, that's where the tension could come from. Where they're like, oh, okay, we gotta, we gotta like plan it out and like have a, um, a written statement, you know, something that won't won't uh, terrify the town. And be like, there's no time, there's and no time. Evil has come to you. <laughs> yeah, town. and so that's where the tension comes from. These, so you have the the investigative reporter and trying and to like make a statement. It, he's constantly in the middle of interviews, pulling out his gun. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Fuck, that should have been Halloween 3. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I take that back. That should have been Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. 
Oh, I don't want to get into that yet, but there is almost kind of like hints of that. It's more serious, obviously, but like. He has an interesting view of Dr. Loomis that I wish he had focused more on because I think that would have made a really interesting movie. Yeah, I think he, he kind of falls in line with like what we see in Dr. Loomis more so than uh, John Carpenter, maybe. I think most people start feeling that way as the franchise goes on. Yeah. Let's see, what else? Uh, I already brought up Gene Cundy. I like him. Yeah. Uh, that's... I think this is another example, though, of like you kind of need a good director to take advantage of a good cinematographer. Oh, no, you totally do. Because like, the images look fine. Uh, they look a little sharper. But I think that's just because Din Cundy looks fucking good and this is a couple years later. And it doesn't look as cheap as it is. Like, this is a $2 million movie. Yeah, no, no, it looks real good. Uh, like, the, the first Halloween, its cheapness isn't like... It's not tacky cheapness. It's just like you could tell it was low budget. Yeah, you could but tell $300,000. Yeah, you're like, Cundy and Carpenter put in work, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's not a problem. And... Uh, I don't know, but even then, it's still just, like, some stuff is too bright. Like, the way Michael Myers, like, hid in the shadows in the first one, and there's always just, like, the slightest hints of him being there. Like, your eyes could, like, make something else out that's not him, mm-hmm. you know? Or, like, that great shot of him in front of this house uh, before he starts strolling towards Lori. There are some cool shots in this where Michael Myers will just walk by really quickly in the background, and if you aren't looking for it, you won't see it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And there's a couple of really interesting shots like that. It kind of reminds me of uh, the ending of Rosemary's Baby a little bit, where, like, this most terrifying thing in the world is a bunch of old fuckers running around an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> like, nothing is scarier than, like, seeing people, like, scurry by in the background. And it's it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. I should talk about at the hospital, there's another weird moment where a kid shows up with a razor blade in his mouth. Uh, do you remember this? The injured child. He's like dressed as a fucking pirate or some shit. Oh yeah, that that's that what that was. I well, I think he's got a razor blade in his mouth because that's you know the famous urban legend of if he like someone one time was bobbing for apples and there was a razor blade in the apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh and I'm like, is that like I was like, are they trying to make a statement about urban legends? in this because like this is a world where like an urban legend is real but like mm-hmm. the, the, the razor blade and the apple thing isn't real like that never really happened like poison halloween candy never really happened it, it happened to one family and it was the own family that did it to their kids and you know it's not some fucking weirdo putting it in candy and then giving it out i was actually surprised that the kid didn't come back but I think I was still like in aliens mode. Like for every sequel, it has to be bigger. There has to be more of whatever monsters there are. And then there's probably a kid you got to protect at some point. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen in this movie. It's just that one, that one instance of the kid, and that's it. Yeah, kids don't become a thing again until uh, the next, until four and five and three, kinda. Three. Well, three, three is uh. There. Three is about the hatred of children. <laughs> <laughs> three is fucking evil Willy Wonka. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna contain myself from. Halloween I'll be able to talk I'll, now. I'll be able to talk about the evils of the Disney Corporation and their packaging of nostalgia. <laughs> Someone has to fuck. And and fucking Ronald Reagan deregulation. Man, I'll be able to talk about it a lot next time. And the fact that it's it's just a better movie than this. Oh yeah. 
like significantly. Yeah. Um, I'm trying not to talk about it too much because this is still technically the Halloween 2 episode. Yeah, I know, but like, what else is there? I mean, it's it's yeah. fine. It kind of becomes generic. Um, everyone dies in the hospital. Oh, um, no. The the one, the dude who's like, uh, Laurie, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. Yeah, last starfighter. Yeah, he slips and falls on blood and then he gets like a concussion or something. He and was then... originally meant to come back in the end. Oh, okay. Was he going to die he... then? Well, no, you know the ending, everyone's dead, Michael Myers and fucking uh, Loomis blow up, and Laurie is kind of by the uh, hospital, uh, the ambulance. Yeah. He was supposed to be behind her, and he was going to, like, sit up, so for, like, a second you think it's Michael Myers getting up again, but then it turns out it's him. Oh. <laughs> and I, I know they shot it, and uh, they just uh, didn't do anything with it. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe he just you didn't you work. Don't, you, you don't need it. Yeah. Because, um, like, fuck, he's not going to come back. Uh, yeah. We should talk about one other thing. Um, Which is? Sam Hain. Oh, the the the, 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 the name that's yeah, on the wall. Yeah, he wrote on the school wall. Um, which is uh, the, uh, you know, pagan festival that, or Celtic, I don't know what the fuck. Uh festival that is one of like the basis of halloween um this is important because it's gonna for some fucking reason <laughs> come back into play in the sequels <laughs> when we start getting into magic runes we should also mention that uh the novelization of the first halloween movie which i found the other day for 122 dollars oh and if i was a if i was a wealthy person i'd get it <laughs> But uh, in it, I believe the opening of it also mentions, like, a pagan ritual and ties that into Michael Myers somehow, which is just weird. No, no direction of John Carpenter, by the way. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Like, um, that was written the same time as the movie? I mean, after the movie? It was written, yeah, like, right after the movie. I'm guessing after, because I doubt anyone making Halloween was like, this movie will be big enough that there should be a novelization for it. So I'm guessing it came later. Michael Myers, I mean, John Carpenter, I keep saying Michael Myers for some reason. John Carpenter says that he's never read the novelizations and he doesn't know what's in them. But he would later hire uh, the guys who wrote the novelization, uh, the guy who wrote the novelization under a pen name to write a Halloween 4 that was never made. Um, or Deborah Hill hired him. Maybe Deborah Hill's the one who uh, had influence over the novelization. Uh, we'll find out later. And I would like, and I can't wait till we get to Halloween Four because there's actually a really interesting unmade script um, that was uh, written that I feel like now they could make into a really good Halloween movie. Yeah, finally doing research on all these movies, I'm finding out like all these variations of like the different sequels. Specifically, mm -hmm. two with John Carpenter attached, and mm -hmm. like I've never been more interested in Halloween sequels than now. Oh yeah, yeah. But I can't wait to get to those. And, and Quentin Tarantino was involved in one. Very. Yeah, briefly. I did not know. Very briefly, um, it's unknown if he got past the like pitch stage, but uh, it's the like the Star Trek thing where he's like, "I had an idea," and they're like, "That's cool," and then like it just sat there. And now, like, you, you know, like, fucking every news website is like, Tarantino's R-rated Star Trek still reportedly in production. And everyone else is like, no. All right, this movie is fine. 
I, I really don't know how much else I could add to it. Is there anything else you can add to it, Matt? Hey, what's the deal with Lori going like, hey, don't put me under, and the doctor not even acknowledging her and putting her under? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's super fucked up. Is this before we had, like, patients' rights? I, I don't know. I, I should have looked that up. I should have, too. A lot of stuff that, like, we consider, like, normal is, like, shockingly young. <laughs> like, workers' rights. <laughs> or lack thereof, apparently. That whole idea of her um, being, like, at the behest of this institution mm -hmm. and, like, being drugged up for, like, the whole movie, basically, that could have led to some other scary stuff. But it's just kind of, like, it's, like, one sequence where she's kind of tripping balls in the hallway trying to, like, regain composure. And then What's she weird? sees someone get murdered. Yeah. What's weird is, like, she, like you gotta remember, Jamie Lee Curtis did, like, tons of other slasher films. <laughs> Not tons, like, she did, like a, like, a handful more slasher films after Halloween. Like, she, you know, she did uh, Prom Night and Terror Train. Terror Train is one of my favorites, <laughs> which involves a guy dressed up like Groucho Marx killing people. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh god, that movie's so dumb. And uh, there's a killer on a train, uh, and she's in the fog. And so she's, like, game to do horror. And this was, like, she was, like, all right, I'll do this, but it'll be my last horror film. I'm never do another horror film after Halloween 2. And she's just in a bed the whole fucking time. <laughs> like, it's weird. It's, like, she would have been... I feel like she would have been game to do more just considering the other horror films she was willing to do. And instead, she's, like, no, nah, put me in a fucking bed. Also, she she's wearing a wig in this one. Which yeah, her hair looked weird. Well, she, I guess she got a perm for the first one, and it fucked up her hair, so that's when she got it cut real short, and that's when where she decided, I'll just keep it short forever now. Oh. And, uh, you know, because that's been her look ever since. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then when she came back to do it, they were just like, um, hey, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> do you mind? Yeah, like, put this fucking wig on, Jamie. Yeah. Get in the fucking hospital bed and put the fucking wig on. <laughs> Aww. When she's in H2O, it should say something. In H2O, she's got short hair. Yeah, yeah. But that's not, the, like, not the same night. In the Yeah, but in the upcoming uh, Halloween whatever, 2018, I guess we should call it, uh, she has the long hair again. Is uh, that a wig, too? It's gotta be, because, I mean, I, I think they have set photos of her with short hair. <laughs> oh, okay. So, wigs have gotten a lot better. <laughs> Halloween 2, directed by Rick Rosenthal. Matt. Where can the people find you before we go on another tangent about how we're all going to die? Fucking look out for my obituary. twitter.com and youtube you can find me on twitter.com at d-e-w-j-waffles find my writings at talk film society 
find my other podcasts on the Waffle Press. Bye. We've been professionally unprofessional. <laughs>